Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. So, uh, love you, God bless you, Happy New Year, and may every promise of God be yes and amen in your life. So, Torah study number 12 uh, in Genesis 47 through 50 uh, is a phenomenal teaching, and uh, as our dear brother Andy mentioned a little earlier, it's January 8th, so what's God going to do on the 8th day? He's going to bring us a, a new beginning. He's going to take us from the natural into the supernatural, and uh, uh, in this study, it's amazing uh, how uh, God is pointing us toward understanding our divine assignment. Not a bad topic as you go into a new calendar year. How many of you know today that God created you with a divine assignment in mind? And in today's study, uh, Jacob, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yaakov, he pronounces a unique blessing upon the twelve sons. And it's that blessing that's intended to guide them and empower them as they grow from a family into a nation. They're, they're not just going to be 12 sons of Jacob. They're going to become 12 tribes of Israel. And so each has a uniquely divine purpose. And that purpose is revealed in the blessing that Jacob uh, gives them, speaks over them uh, in Genesis 49. And it's the backdrop of uh, what God wants us to focus on today as we go into the new year. Uh, because this teaching relates to your own personal calling, your own personal assignment. God is calling each of us into leadership. Every believer has been called to be a leader. Now, not everyone will be the next Billy Graham, obviously. Uh, and so don't try to be something that God didn't call you to be. That'll be uh, exercise in frustration. Uh, but it's our job, uh, and one of the reasons we come to church, one of the reasons we uh, uh, teach this kind of lesson is to stir up the Spirit of God in you to help you better discover who you are in Christ and what you're meant to become and the divine gifts and talents that are meant to flow out of you. And when you're flowing in your divine assignment, doesn't mean that uh, it's all easy. Uh, but it does mean that it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> right? Take this job and love it. <laughs> a new new take on an old song. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, if, if you find what God has called you to do, you'll never, never work another day in your life. Yeah. And so, uh, Jacob 
speaks these blessings that contain divine purpose over the sons so that they can, over time, manifest uh, those gifts into uh, what the 12 tribes are all about. Now you got 12 different unique giftings working and all coming together like spokes on a wheel, all of a sudden uh, Israel can be a light to the Gentile nations of the world. And uh, so because 12 is God's number for government, did you know that? The number 12 is God's divine number for government. Uh, it, It relates to the idea that there's a divine order, right? Creation shows us there's a divine structure uh, for your life, right? Everything's just not uh, let her fly. We live by the letter. Everything, we're just going to let her fly. Well, yeah, there's times when we just uh, have to get up and go and let it fly. But there's always a structure. There's always a plan. There's always divine order. God does everything, as the Bible says, decently and in order. Chaos is not of God. Uh, and so if there's chaos in your life, you need to go back and re-examine what part of God's governmental structure am I missing because I keep getting more chaos. When people come as a pastor and they say, my life is full of chaos and disorder, all that means is you're missing divine principles that once applied will make a change in your life. That's true for business. Right? It's true in your ministry. Amen? And as you learn to flow in both what God has called you to do and in the way that it's divinely ordered, which means biblically flowing in the Word and the Spirit of God, built on divine principles, divine guidelines, you're in the best position to accomplish His perfect will. Who wants to accomplish God's perfect will? Who wants to hear when you get to heaven, well done, well done. didn't say well sit, well seated. (laughs) Well, you did a good job seated in church. Well, yeah, okay, we can get off on that later. But everybody wants to hear mission accomplished, right? And when Jacob gathers his sons... uh, The text is, it's interesting, it's in Genesis 49. He actually gathers his sons to reveal secrets about the Messiah and the coming of the Messiah. Uh, We won't take time to read it. But as he's getting ready to teach his sons about the Messiah, and when he comes, all of a sudden God has him do an about face. And... Instead of talking about the Messiah and the Messiah's mission and the timing of that mission, he begins to give each of his twelve sons a different blessing. And each is meant to take a different path. But they are meant to unite together so that Israel will be well-rounded and well-equipped to handle their destiny. And boy, what a destiny. So he goes on, Jacob goes on to talk about, and uh, he, the blessing contains strengths and weaknesses, and he never mentions the Messiah. 
And the sages explain that while Jacob was eager to tell them when the Messiah would come, God wouldn't allow him to do it. Because God wanted the emphasis to be on them working out their mission and not on waiting on the Messiah. And we see that in the church. That this mindset, and even amongst church denominations, there's a big question about, you know, what some people have called kingdom now theology. Come kingdom of God, be done will of God now in my life, in my family, in my church, in my nation, in the nations of the world. And so some people, you're getting out over your skis here, Bubba. That'll all take place when the Messiah comes. But yet, what do you do when Jesus says, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? When I return, will I see you occupying? And so God gives us these gifts to use them. To make the world a better place. To be a difference maker. A world changer. There's world changers here. Uh, But the changing of the world doesn't come when you think about it. When it's all said and done, there's usually more said than done. So there is a uh, a concept where some people, you're striving. You're trying to do something for it. That's striving and God doesn't want you to strive. Uh, I think you're just mincing words there. Uh, and, and then people run with that as an opt-out card. I'm just going to sit in the church, sit in my pew, become pewy until Jesus comes. But God doesn't want you to become pewy. God wants you to be alive and full of power, manifesting the promises of God, being a light to the world, and when they see your good works... Yeah. So, instead of focusing on when the Messiah will come, Jesus even said about this much later, of course, He said, no man know the day or the hour. Right? So don't sit around uh, predicting and wondering. I mean, we can look at all of that and that's fine to it. But if that's all you're doing, and, and actually nothing else is happening in your divine assignment. Now, some people do have a divine prophetic assignment to explain some of those things. But for you and I, uh, we, we're, we're kind of the foot soldiers for God. And God's saying, make a difference in your world, who's ever on your radar, whatever your sphere of influence, be a blessing. Don't take a passive approach. Be proactive, not always reactive or passive. And uh, that's when good things begin to happen. Now, uh, one uh, rabbi on Chabad I was reading, Rabbi Gurkow, Uh, He wrote about Jacob and his 12 sons, something I thought was worth sharing. He said, consider the 12 sons of Jacob, the root of our nation. These 12 men were father figures of our people. And each imprinted his family and offspring with the unique strains of his character. I like that, right? So... 
you know, their spiritual fathers, their biological fathers, but it's kind of the same deal, right? That whatever God has gifted you, whatever your DNA, however you're hardwired, those uh, uh, dominant character traits, sanctified, holy, uh, can be a big blessing that you pass on to your children and grandchildren. Amen? It goes on to say, each son received a blessing consistent with his character. There's a, uh, a, that's another way of saying, stop uh, trying to put in what God left out. If you keep gunning for the microphone and God never called you to be on this side of the microphone, uh, stop trying to do that. Uh, and obviously the people of God, the leaders of God, the pastors are here to help you kind of sort through some different things. Amen? So each son received a blessing consistent with his character, Judah blessed with leadership and strength. Issachar was uh, uh, blessed with diligence and scholarship. Zebulon with commercial success, etc., etc., Ancient wisdom teaches each of the twelve sons of Jacob possessed specific traits and talents that would be required by their descendants. Ah, so in, in Christianity, a lot of times we get into uh, tunnel vision and we put ourselves into a box and we just think about salvation and deliverance on a personal level. And we don't necessarily think enough about what am I passing on to the next generation. Because it's not just about me. Christianity isn't a me thing as much as it is a we thing. So whatever God is speaking and imparting and equipping you with, it's not just meant for you. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be a blessing to others uh, uh, as you're serving and giving and participating. So uh, each of the traits would be required by their descendants, the 12 tribes, in order for each tribe to fulfill its unique role in the building of the Jewish people. And so this is why in, in Christianity a lot of times we don't see a lot getting done. Because all the leaders of all the churches are always doing their thing. Even within major denominations, there's lots of subdenominations. And a lot of times they're just this, there's not coming together in unity as much as there is protecting my turf. And in the last days, I guess it's going to take the grassroots people like you and I, that don't have hidden agendas. We're not in this to for a position to be patted on the back and, and to walk around with an entourage and people throw rice or flowers or, you know, accolades. <laughs> we just want to see God's will done, God's kingdom built, people saved, people healed, marriages uh, restored, divorces canceled, and on and on and on and on. Uh, the rabbi says each son expressed a different facet of their father Jacob's personality. And Jacob himself embodied the entire Jewish people. He was Israel in a microcosm. Amen. So just like Jacob's sons, you and I 
have a divine assignment. And we need to be pursuing that. And we need to be praying about that. And the new year is a great time to do that. Because whatever God is gifting you and called you to do is going to build the kingdom and it's going to be a blessing. You might not, you might not be the next Larry Huck or the next Billy Graham or whomever, but you can help manifest, you can be that armor bearer to help facilitate what that man of God, that woman of God, whoever uh, it may be, what God's called them to do. And so you come alongside and you be a blessing, you pray, you serve, you give, you volunteer, and uh, you, you just do it with no agenda. And so uh, the body of Christ, at the end of the day, the body of Christ needs you. We need you to fulfill your divine destiny here at New Beginnings. It can't just be feed me, feed me, feed me. (laughs) Got to work some of that feeding off. (laughs) Or else what? (laughs) Well, we won't get into Nutrisystem stuff. But the more you participate, the more God will show you. You don't wait for God to show you. You get a mitt, son, get your helmet and get in the game. (laughs) And then I'll add my super to your natural. And things will expand and extend as you display some faithfulness, right? You got to, when Lydia and I got saved in uh, 1984, our first uh, official volunteer duty, my, my actual first official Uh, volunteer work for me personally was six days after I got saved. There was a building project, and the morning I got saved, they announced, next Saturday, we're going to be working on the building, so come on out and help. I didn't need a 12-week course on volunteering before I decided to... I got in my car six days later. No, I didn't know anybody. I knew my two prayer partners, Dick Freshly and Stuart Henderson. I still have my born-again card. On this day, March 11, 1984, you were born again, gave you da-da-da-da-da, filled with the... And your prayer partners are Dick Freshly and Stuart Henderson. You don't need a 12-week course on why you need to get busy doing something. Just It's a lot easier for God to steer a moving bicycle. <laughs> right? And so, it's obviously, this is what's on Paul's mind when he writes to the Ephesians. The, uh, the church at Ephesus under Timothy's leadership, big church. Uh, but maybe church life became coming and hearing something and then uh, just kind of doing that Fleetwood Mac thing, going your own way. I came on Sunday, what more do you want? I want Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But uh, Paul says in Ephesians 1, Verse 18, out of the Passion Translation, that I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of His calling. There's a hope of your calling out there. And it's at all different levels. And Paul's saying there's a fullness. 
And you may spend your whole life praying and working towards experiencing and manifesting the full revelation of your calling. And that's the journey. That's all it is. Christianity is a journey. And every day, every week, every time in church is another time to be working on fulfilling your calling. And that's what we want to do in 2023, don't we? We want to realize that we need to be pursuing some things. We can't grow stagnant. We're not going to win the world from an easy chair. Amen? The world is getting darker. Anybody notice? (laughs) The devil is on the loose. He's like a a, a pride of roaring lions. And uh, doing a pretty good job of making a mess of our nation. Uh. But the Spirit of God that's in us is greater than this negative, evil, wicked spirit in the world that's in them. And if sin is abounding, let the power, the grace, and the love of God abound even greater. And that means everybody needs to be the hands and the feet part of the body of Christ, manifesting their unique divine assignment. And so God's positioning you and I in 2023 to make a move. Amen? He wants to equip us with more anointing. Amen? And the anointing just isn't so you got a good handshake going. (laughs) I got the anointing. Well, okay. Just do both of those. Put your hand to something and make a difference in somebody's life. But there's more grace coming. My grace is sufficient for thee. There's more spiritual vision coming. There's more ability that's going to come up out of you. Amen. There's more divine favor on your life that's going to manifest so you feel more empowered to get things done. So expect an outpouring of wisdom and favor and blessing to help each of us as we do the work of the Lord. Amen? And there's no doubt, that's what Pastor always says, there's no doubt our best is yet to come. 2023, our best is yet to come. Amen. So Jesus talks about this. He's having a leadership lesson with his disciples. And in the book of John, John 15, verse 16, he says, You didn't choose me. I chose you. And that's true for you and I. Yeah, we found Jesus. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, I get that. I found it. No, actually, you were lost and Jesus found you. (laughs) I was definitely lost. I wasn't lost in church. I was lost in the world. I was lost in addiction. I was lost in alcoholism and drug abuse. And all of a sudden, uh, my eyes were opened, Ephesians 1, and suddenly I was able to see that there is a Savior, there is a Redeemer. His name is Yeshua, Jesus, Christ, the Messiah, and He has a divine purpose and plan for my life. So Jesus uh, uh, chose me, and in this scripture it says, I not only chose you, insert your name, I appointed you. Okay, so now you have a divine appointment. You have a divine assignment. It's a divine appointment, like you're appointed ambassador to a certain nation. 
And the appointment says, I have appointed you that you should go. What am I supposed to do with my life? Go! (laughs) And bear fruit, he says. Make a difference. Bear fruit. Share the gospel. Bear fruit. Change your life so you are a living testimony of the power and promises of a living God. Amen? Amen? I've chose you. I've appointed you that you should go and bear fruit that your fruit should remain. We, we started uh, immediately in uh, serving, in being involved. We talked a little bit about that. And eventually, God promoted our faithfulness. Because, boy, were we faithful. How many of you lived in the world and you had enough of the devil's plan? (laughs) I don't need to be tricked. I'm not going to be deceived. I'm going back to that lifestyle. I lived 17 years in that lifestyle. Learned my lesson in the school of hard knocks. I don't need to go back there and wonder, well, maybe things change. Maybe the devil is a better master than I thought. (laughs) No, no, no. So we got busy, we got going, we got involved, we began bearing fruit, and uh, eventually God promoted us uh, to being on staff at a big church in Seattle, and we were the uh, assistants, we were the Joshua to the Moses, uh, you know, play on words there, Not, but big church, 300 plus elementary kids, in the uh, in the school Monday through Friday, with all the parents, all the the counseling and teach uh, everything we had to impart there on Sundays. I led the K through third chapel, two hundred and fifty K through kindergartners together in a chapel. You better have a plan. You better know you're in God's divine will, that you have a divine assignment because with that will come vision and authority and leadership and anointing that will help all the goodness of God and the plan. And now, all these years later, we still hear back from all those kids. They're all grown up. They got their own kids. And they still remember Scott and Lydia. And uh, so that means the fruit remains. Right? The biggest testimony you have is the testimony of the way you live your life. Yeah? You don't have to invent something. Just every day, wake up and pull your boots on and get out there and live for God. Live righteously, holy, godly, and morally. And go about your business. And uh, all of a sudden, you'll be contributing. And then God will show you more. That's what He did for us. So go and bear some fruit. Amen? Get busy blooming. Bloom where you're planted. Right? Make a difference. Find a need and fill it, Zig Ziglar once taught. Find a need and fill it. What should I do with my life? What is God's will for my life? Find a need and fill it. The need is the call. The need is the call. And God will move you on and direct you and suddenly you'll find the sweet spot. Amen? So uh, Webster's uh, Dictionary speaks about uh, a calling as a strong inner impulse toward a particular course of action. 
right? There's things in each of us. You're watching on Zoom. You're listening on the website. You're here today. You, you know what I'm talking about. There's times when you know that you know that you know, man, this is why I have been created. This is what I need to be doing. I need to put all my energy or most of my towards doing this strong inner impulse that I keep coming back to, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. In other words, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit confirms, yeah, daughter. On the right track. Keep doing more of what you're good at. Do more of what you're good at. Do more of what you're good at. Amen? So, there's a general calling. We all ought to have these general, basic, foundational, biblical um, impulses. Love God, love people. Serve God, serve people. Everybody ought to get 101 kind of stuff. We don't need, you know, 50 lectures on how to love God and love people. You ought to, now that you're saved, you ought to be thankful enough that Jesus saved you. You had one foot in hell and the other one on an oil slick. That ought to be enough to, uh, to go for God with all your heart and all your soul. Love God and love people. But there's specific callings. There's unique divine assignments that God gives. And yet, uh, uh, some may only last a season. We had a long season of children's ministry in the church, right? That's how we came to be with Pastor and Tiz. They needed, the, the church exploded in revival. They didn't have children's ministry. They saw what we were doing up in Seattle because they were in Portland and would come to the church for leadership things with our pastor in Seattle. And uh, they got to know us. And all of a sudden, man, we could sure use your help down here in Portland because we don't got what we need going on. We need something going on for the kids. And you you guys got the goods and that's uh that was in 1991 but most of these callings last a lifetime like Lydia is uh Mrs. Outside just so smiley and warm and engaging just a, a wonderful expresser and just the the joy of the Lord I'm more analytical and, and administrative and so through the years I've learned how to develop and countermanage and bring in more uh, from a pastoral standpoint but if you need something structured if you need someone that can see how all the parts are meant to fit together how do you put all these spokes on the wheel correctly I'm your guy and uh, and so uh that's how God hardwired me. And God has hardwired you in a particular way to flow in a particular direction. In fact, for years and years, and I, I printed these out, I've got handouts in the back, uh, a leadership characteristic profile that breaks down the leadership uh, styles into four main categories. A leader, expressor, analyst, or dependable. Lead 
It's a lead uh, concept. And it talks about your strengths and weaknesses in a very short, easy... to. And it's just kind of a, a helpful tool to kind of gauge where you're at, what you're good at, what's your strengths, what's your weaknesses, what to do more of, what to do less of. Uh, up in Portland, uh, it was that was uh, Luis Palau, the great, the late great evangelist, uh, was based in Portland. We actually had him at New Beginnings uh, to do a, a huge dedication service when we bought new land up there. Uh, he sums up this concept of divine assignment by saying, "It's not so much doing something for God, but rather God doing something through you." It, it cuts both ways, but it really, at the end of the day, God wants to do something through us. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And so what you love to do is a clue to your gifts and talents, to your divine assignment. What do you love to do? Not everybody loves the same thing. What you hate to see and what you're always trying to fix and correct is also a clue. Yeah? What saddens you, what pains you, is likely something you were meant to heal. Right? What you have a knack for, what you're always gravitating to, is a sign of what God put in you to focus on. So there's some, just some general guidelines. What you love to do is a clue. What you hate to see is a clue. What saddens or pains you is a clue. And what you have a knack for is a clue. So it's, it's this calling that is the assignment. It's something that must be lived, not just thought about. You gotta work on it and work it out. It requires seasons of preparation, doesn't it? You're not born qualified. (laughs) All right? You're not born qualified. You become qualified through time. You pass the test of time. You pass the test of faithfulness. You pass the test of does this man, does this woman have integrity? Are they living by faith? Are they the same person on Monday as they are on Sunday? Right? Ephesians 4, verse 1, Paul says, Walk worthy of the calling you've been called to. Now, walking worthy encompasses a whole lot of things. There's a lot of plates to spin there, right? And uh, a lot of times, the, the weakness in our life that keeps coming back, the one thing that we keep struggling with again and again, the one thing we have to keep repenting on again and again and again, that's the thing God wants to fix in you so you can go to the next level. There's a renewing of the mind that needs to take place so that we're walking worthy. We're not ensnared and entrapped so easily. We're willing to lay aside every weight of sin that holds us back so that we can go on and fulfill our divine mission. Uh, If you don't know or you're not sure what your divine assignment is, get to praying about it. That would be, be God's will for you. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. 
Well, then, here's the will of God for your life. Get praying about it. Get studying about it. Talk to other people, mature spiritual people, about your divine assignment. Discuss the possibilities. Stir that thing up and focus on it. Years and years ago up in Portland, uh, I got a book uh, from H.B. London, who was a senior leader and pastor in James Dobson's Focus on the Family. And it was uh, the heart of a great pastor. And uh, I still use that book to this day, 20 plus years later. And he is in the book discussing divine assignment. And one of the concepts that he shares is just so awesome. He says, every assignment is holy ground. No matter how big of an assignment or how small you think that assignment is, that's holy ground for you. Amen? And uh, the chapters uh, of his book are like bullet points. And these bullet points uh, tell us a lot about how to cultivate and mature in our divine assignment. And it begins with, you need to develop a strong partnership with the Lord. Right? It's His wisdom, it's His favor, it's His blessing that makes it all work. If we think that we're so hot, we're so good, we're the next superstar. Where, where, where's my office? Here's my business card. When do I get a chance to preach? Ah, hold your horses, big fella. <laughs> Can we find out if you got a strong partnership with the Lord? Number two, being energized by our God-given dreams, right? Have you taken time to think about what are the dreams that God has given me? There's a clue. The third thing he writes about is growing a godly and prosperous soul, right? There's a prosperous soul. Beloved, I pray above all things that you be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. So we need to be more God inside minded than we are world or devil inside minded. Bloom where you're planted. Another concept. Loving that call. Well, I didn't want to do it that way, God. Ah, there's, there, you know, uh, there's rebels in the Bible that rebelled against their divine mission. Ever heard of Jonah? <laughs> How'd that turn out? Ever heard of the prodigal son? How'd that turn out? There was a happy ending. But you need to learn to love that call, even if it uh, kind of affects convenience. Man, that just stretches me. Yeah, well, that's probably a good thing. Uh, create a unique blueprint. Yeah, you need to participate in the architectural dreams God has for you. All right? Living above reproach. We touched on that. And then seeking fresh encounters with the Lord. That's why you're here this morning. That's why you come to prayer meeting. That's why you're faithful in church attendance. That's why your bookcase is full of devotionals. And you are be read, okay, what does it say on January 8th? And you use those things as ways to stimulate and inspire and motivate. But all of these things lead you into your divine destiny. Your God-given gift is for the greater good. 
right? You've been called to be part of a cause greater than your own personal family. The family of God. The universal family of God. And your strengths, your giftings are uniquely uh, 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 given so that you can help. Right here at New Beginnings, there's still work to be done. Not every department, not every situation is covered from A to Z. You know, think about Brother Al sitting in the back there when uh, he heard Pastor Wanderson was uh, driving a truck of emergency supplies to the victims of the hurricane in Florida a few months back. He got a hold of Wanderson and said, man, I'll go with you and help. Boom. That's what we're talking about. When you find out from Pastor Jen, I need help with something in the two-year-old class. That was our first divine assignment officially, the two-year-olds. God has a sense of humor. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the body of Christ. It says in verse 27, you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Is everyone an apostle, a prophet, a teacher? Do all work miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? No. But everyone is uniquely gifted. Our job is to discover what that is. And then it says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And so, this interpretation shows us that we each have distinct roles, but it's all based on serving others. It's not to be a big shot. Al didn't go see Wanderson to be a big shot. He just knew that the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost and I need to do something and here's an opportunity. The need is the call. The need is the call. The need is the call. Yeah? And then once you get in, uh, get your helmet and get in the game, then God may show you, I only had this for you for a season to see if you would be faithful. Did you show up on time or were you always calling in sick? Were you a a, a woman and a man of your word, or did you always have an excuse? And uh, God vets people out that way. But if you'll pass the test, then you'll probably find there's another opportunity that's probably has even more importance, more influence. And, uh, and so, yeah, what's your distinct role? If you're not sure, just start somewhere. This opens up the idea that people might be chase, chasing after assignments and giftings that God never intended. See that a lot. Been doing this a long time, and people have hidden motives, underlying motives. There's hidden agendas in play. And you certainly don't want to spend your whole life chasing a dream that you were never meant to chase. Right? You can't put in what God leaves out. Right? And so, praise God, how do we get started?
Let's get busy. As uh, Red once said in the Shawshank Redemption, get busy living, get busy dying. <laughs> As for me and my house, let's get busy living. I was watching the Michigan-Michigan State basketball game, and uh, Gus Johnson was uh, the announcer, uh, a, a Detroit athlete that rose up through the ranks, and they did a little feature on him at halftime about how he went back to school, actually Harvard, and got his degree Right, and I, I, he didn't say how old he was, but I'm sure that uh, he's got a, he's old enough for an AARP card. Uh, and and what he said just really was so cool. I just loved it. I shared this with Lydia this morning because Jim Jackson, uh, the uh, uh, the player that was working with him, uh, how did you do? How did you do this? What gave you the inspiration to at this stage of your life? And he said, "Because there is no finish line." And when he said that, it just kind of okay, man, you're speaking my language. <laughs> there is no finish line in Christ. Well, there is, you know, once we get to heaven, but as long as we're down on the ground and still around, let's make it happen. Let's make a difference. And not everybody has to do it at the same level, at the same amount of time, with the same amount of energy and this and that and the other thing. But I'll tell you one thing, uh, you're never going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, when you never did nothing. So... God is saying your availability is much more important than your actual ability. I'll put in you, God says, things that uh, you were never meant to have if you'll just show the propensity to be faithful and be available. I learned a long time ago from the earliest stages in ministry that there would always be a future for me as long as I said, I'll get that done, Pastor. And I've been doing that since the 80s. I'll get that done. Now, I'm 68 now, and uh, I'm not as uh, uh, like a, a spring, I'm not as springy of a chicken as I used to be, and I'm a little more wise on what I'll lift my hand for. But look, I got a track record of 30, 40 years. Let's flat out get this done, baby. I'm in this thing to win it. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And I think that's why Pastor and I just always get along so well. Because that's Pastor. Let's climb that mountain. He went and got a knee replacement so he could climb more mountains. <laughs> I don't want nothing to slow me down. And whatever I got to fix physically, whatever you have to fix emotionally, whatever you got to fix spiritually, get it fixed. <laughs> and and Because there is no finish line. All right, uh, just in the next few moments, here's 12 ways to know God uh, is directing you into more of your divine assignment. 12 things to know. Number one, there's a burden on your heart you can't shake. You ever feel a burden on your heart and you just can't shake it? Right, a year down the road, five years down the road, the same kind of things keep stirring you and you just can't shake it. That's a clue. Number two, there is a specific person or area of ministry you know that needs your help. 
right? You walk through the halls today and you're looking around. You're doing MBWA, ministry by walking around. And you're just sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And uh, through the weeks, the months, even the years, every time you see that woman of God, that man of God, you keep thinking, I need to help them. Number three, certain scriptures that you read always encourage you to make a move. Huh? Anybody ever feel that feeling? Number four, when you pray, you sense that God is asking you to get more involved. All right. Hello. (laughs) If you can't say amen, just murmur, oh me. Uh, Okay, number five, God uses someone like moi to encourage you to take another step in ministry. Praise God. Number six, you feel as if your unique skill set would help improve something. I can fix that. Number seven, you feel an ongoing uneasiness that you're stuck in a rut. Number eight, you always find yourself saying, why aren't they doing that? Or, when's a church going to do something? If you find yourself always saying, it's God speaking to you to do something. Pastor Wanderson, how can I be a help? Pastor Nancy, what can I do to be a blessing? Brother Israel, anything I can do to help you? And on and on. Brother Gerald? (laughs) And on and on and on. Number nine, there's a deep sense within yourself that you need to grow more spiritually. Amen? Amen? Number 10, you see a growing list of confirmations, open doors. The same doors seem to keep opening for me. Now we just need to have the courage and the faith and the boldness to step through into the next uh, area of ministry. Number 11, you feel drawn to help out a certain area of ministry or a certain leader. Yeah, amen. And number 12, You sense a nudging from the Holy Spirit, even a growing confidence. It's time. And especially at the beginning of a new year, it's it's time to think about next steps, Lord. What do you got for me? 2023, I want to advance, don't want to retreat. I'm ready for some new instructions. I'm ready to be inspired. What's the rallying cry? What's my mission statement? Uh, What are my gifts, my talents? And then as you begin to put those things into action, oh man, what blessing is going to follow? What equipping, what anointing is going to follow? Because God will always support you when you step out in faith. Can you say amen to that? How many of you are ready to make 2023 your best year ever so far? If you are, give the Lord a praise. God bless.